really the only way to rehumanize healthcare is with AI and technology so that we can automate and actually improve workflows. Welcome back to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators who are transforming health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. I recently attended the health conference, HLTH, in Las Vegas, and I couldn't go two conversations without hearing how artificial intelligence, specifically generative AI, was going to fundamentally shift healthcare delivery. For some people, that's an exciting prospect. AI can help us comb through mountains of information and take action on data points that were previously hidden from view. But many people have a serious concern, even a fear that AI will degrade the doctor-patient relationship and effectively dehumanize healthcare. My two guests today are pushing back against that narrative and suggesting with their startups that AI and big data can be leveraged to rehumanize healthcare delivery. As my first guest, Nicole Cook from Alvi Health reminds us, doctors are already spending an inordinate amount of their time with a patient tapping away at a screen. The status quo is not working. So can new patient data tools help? Can they bring the right information to the surface at the right time and the right way so healthcare providers can get back to making eye contact with patients? After my conversation with Nicole Cook, we'll hear from Chris Turner, CEO and co-founder at HealthBook Plus. Like Alvi Health, this startup is attempting to create a fuller, more human picture of each patient using all available data, including data from some non-traditional sources. If the top-line story for this episode is how data and AI can be used to create a more human or humane electronic health record, the secondary story is about who can benefit from this technology. Everyone's talking about social determinants of health, this idea that we need to address the non-medical drivers of health, like access to fresh food and transportation. Healthcare providers care about these issues but don't have the time or resources to analyze the data. That's where Alvi Health and HealthBook Plus can come in. A fuller, more human analysis of patient data means taking into account important barriers to care and getting smart about how to overcome them. Let's start with my conversation with Nicole Cook, CEO and co-founder at Alvi Health. A quick note that shortly after our conversation at Health in Las Vegas, Nicole went on to win the startup pitch competition. So let's get into it. It's my privilege to be here today with Nicole Cook from Alvi Health. Nicole, thanks for joining me in the studio. Thanks for having me. Um, it has been fun to watch your progression since you joined the startup health community pretty recently. And you told me before that you spent, I think, nine years working at Epic, working on integrations. And I'm just kind of curious, what did that experience kind of teach you as you move from more that, that enterprise level, now you're working at a startup? Yeah, absolutely. So seven years at Epic. Oh, seven, okay. It felt like nine, honestly. <laughs> it could have been more. Um, but it was an amazing experience, and I think that you know when people ask me like what my founder superpower is, I always yeah. tell them it was my epic experience because it taught me a lot, um, you know, about workflow, about integration, about how do we actually build technology that works for people, um, and you know, with how we're thinking about things at LV, it's really played a pretty big part um, because you know part of our belief is that. You know, when you think about technology and AI and how we're using it in healthcare, there's a lot of fear about, um, you know, technology and AI dehumanizing healthcare. Sure. But, you know, from our perspective and from what I saw at Epic, um, and if you go to the doctor, 
you'll notice that you know the the provider the nurse they're spending most of their time on their computer so they're really not interacting with the patient all that much so my argument would be that really the only way to rehumanize healthcare is with AI and technology so that we can automate and actually improve workflows okay so Alvi health level set with us what, what did you build yeah, so um, at LV, our mission is to advance health equity and improve health outcomes for all. And we help healthcare organizations to target the populations that need help the most with AI-driven insights and autonomous care navigation. Okay, so you've shown me the, the dashboard of data that you bring in that helps a provider think more about health equity. Talk to me about some of those important data points, particularly ones that might be new to, new to a provider. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think... As we're sort of focusing more and more on whole person care, mm -hmm. social determinants of health is becoming more fully, you know, integrated into modern day healthcare. But it's not a new concept necessarily. These are things that have been around for a long time and have been, you know, impacting patients' ability to really care for themselves. Yeah. So I think the biggest change is really around some of the documentation requirements that are coming into play, the regulatory requirements, um, which we should definitely talk about that. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, the biggest thing is really just how do we seamlessly incorporate these social needs into their existing workflow so that we're not overburdening them with more work, um, but it's also a way that can have the biggest impact on not only being able to care for the patient and their outcomes, um, but also in a way that makes it easier for that provider or that payer to actually um, be able to start to address them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a good lead-in. So tell yeah. me how the regulatory environment is shifting as, reg as regards social determinants of health. Yeah, so in 2020, the president passed an executive order to advance health equity. And since then, there's been all sorts of new regulation and legislation that have gone into effect, um, impacting quality measures, impacting other types of regulatory requirements. And all of, you know, the TLDR is that all healthcare organizations are mandated to measure health disparities and demonstrate how they're advancing health equity at their organization. So the really exciting thing, though, is that beginning on January 1st, incentives are going to begin mm. uh, for SDOH and for health equity initiatives. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, break that down for me. What kind of incentives? Yes. So this is huge. Huge for us. Huge yeah. for LV2. Um, so uh, first thing is that they're going to reimburse for social needs assessments. Okay. And then the second thing is that they're also going to reimburse for the time spent addressing unmet social needs. Really? So really, all of the things that we've built our platform around doing and supporting will now be directly reimbursable. How were those things being assessed in the past? And then sort of contrast that with how they'll do it on the Alvi dashboard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one thing I want to point out too is that, you know, this is sort of a lived experience for me seeing these regulatory requirements and the shifts and, and how this can impact adoption. During my time at Epic, it was the same year that incentives began as a part of the High Tech Act. Sure. So that had this massive surge of EHR adoption. You've seen this before. Seen it before. Yeah. So seven years later when I left, um, there was nearly 100% adoption of EHR systems. Um, amongst eligible hospitals. So, I mean, the amount of, of adoption was, you know, phenomenal, just seeing how much that had an impact. And so the same thing is really happening with health equity and SDOH currently. So in terms of just, you know, how people are documenting today, I would say that, you know, first problem is that it's not scalable. Um, and the people that are sort of managing social needs today are already have like really, you know, um, big caseloads. And it's hard to follow up and manage 
um, you know, and, and ensure that the patients are actually, you know, getting connected to those resources, getting their needs met. I'm envisioning an overworked emergency room physician or nurse trying to document these social needs while also dealing with the crisis. Exactly. And, you know, all the other things that they're supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, with that, it, there's lots of challenges, obviously, but um, at the end of the day, the, the patient's not really getting their needs met. And, you know, there's not only are they not getting their needs met, but also it's very reactive. We don't really know who has these problems until it's too late. They're in the emergency department because they're having these complications from a chronic condition that could have been prevented, you know, if they had their basic needs met. Okay, so now so, contrast that with the ALV paradigm. Yes. So basically what we do is we help to proactively identify people at a higher risk for social needs so that we can anticipate, you know, which individual actually needs help. And from there, our platform helps to automate workflows and um, helps with documentation so that we can help to um, better track and manage those health disparities and those barriers to care. And what's really exciting is we're working on a fully autonomous care navigator that will help to close the loop on resource referrals. So not only are we doing the prediction and the identification of the social need, but we're actually helping to address the, the disparity as well. That's awesome. So you're yeah. still early in your journey. When did you found the company? In the summer of 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So during, during COVID, you, you were sort of a COVID company? A bit, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like coming off the tail coming end off the of, tail of end. COVID. Yeah. Um, what has the market response been like? Well, it's been really interesting. When I first started the company, it was still sort of early in this awareness of health equity yeah. and health disparities in our country. And, you know, I had been working at Same Sky Health, which is a, a, a you know, a patient engagement digital health company that focuses on outreaching to underserved populations. So I had been living sort of, you know, health equity for a while yeah. during my experience there. Um, and so it wasn't a new concept to me, but, you know, for many people, they still didn't really understand, like, actually, okay, what is health equity? What does that mean? Um, and why are social determinants of health so important, you know, for health outcomes? So I think that, like, since the company has evolved, the level of awareness and recognition of, you know, that these are things that are critically important to health outcomes, but they're also not going anywhere. And I think that, you know, rather than, you know, you know, for a while it was sort of we were talking about it a lot, but we weren't really doing anything about it. Sure. But now people are actually starting to do something about it. And, and that comes along with those regulatory requirements and the policy changes. So it's no longer this nice to have social impact thing, but it's something that, you know, people have to do. But at the same time. Um, you know, they want to do it because yeah. it's the right thing to do. And, and not only that, you can save lots of money, reduce excess medical costs, have these reimbursements. So, you know, there's really no reason not to do these things anymore. Um, what are you most excited about in terms of upcoming traction or milestones as you look to the next like six months? Yeah, we're, you know, I'm super excited about all that's to come. We're growing like crazy right now and getting a ton of traction, getting a ton of really exciting partnerships in the works. Um, one of the things I'm super excited about is that um, we're going to be participating in the Mayo Clinic Platform Accelerate program. Congrats. So thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, we get access to a bunch of patient data. So this is something, you know, for an AI company, uh, you know, being able to train new and existing models off of it is, this, the whole team is like really, really excited about yes. it, but having the opportunity to work closely with Mayo Clinic and learn, you know, from them and, and receive the mentorship and, you know, having a possibility of, of piloting with them at the end of the program is really exciting. 
Fantastic. Nicole, I love what you're building. Exciting to see how the regulatory environment is coming along. And really interesting your note about how you've seen this before and you have sort of a, a sense of how this shift, uh, how dramatic it could be. And um, now you're going to get to test that out at the Mayo Clinic. So yes. excited to see and we're going to be watching your progress in 2024. Awesome. All Thank right. you. Thanks, Nicole. Next up is my conversation with Chris Turner, CEO and co-founder at HealthBook Plus. As you'll hear, Chris and his team are empowering people with a fuller picture of their patient data, including non-traditional data sources, and making that data more actionable. Let's get into it. It's my pleasure to be here with my guest here, Chris Turner, CEO and co-founder at HealthBook Plus. Chris, great to see you. Hey Logan, great to see you. Happy to be here. I love what you're doing around you know, collecting patient data and make, making it more actionable because you are collecting some sort of non-traditional data and saying there's a lot of aspects of a person's life that kind of contribute to the picture of their health. So sort of tell me more about that and kind of what you're building at HealthBook Plus. No, thanks Logan. So what we've built HealthBook Plus is a platform to help people own their health by leveraging data and AI. And the data perspective is a little non-traditional. So we bring in electronic health record data, sure. okay, that's pretty common. Claims data, that's pretty common. We also bring in wearable, remote patient monitoring, smart device data, so sleep, biometric, exercise data, O2 saturation, things like that. But then we add in different components like socioeconomic data. Okay. So it's really pretty amazing how we can build models off of socioeconomic data, how an individual spends their money, okay. and then can really identify if there's a future health trend that might be coming up, and then alert those folks so that then they get early help and uh, better outcomes. Give me an example of how something that I'm spending my money on or just my socioeconomic picture is going to contribute to my health picture. So. Um, I'd like to make it really simple. It's super complex. It doesn't take just one parameter. Yeah. But just to give you an example, we've been able to identify that most people that quit paying their cell phone bill have some type of a mental health challenge. Okay. And you know, like I said, it takes in much more parameters than that. Yeah. But to make it like simple so people can understand, it'd be things like that. But, there's, but there are simple yep. points of data that you can gather. And when you add them all up, you start to get a better picture than if you were just looking at your claims data. Exactly. Just your EHR. That's right. Or even if people don't have access to that data, they can at least start with this foundational data ah, set okay. that we can grab on anyone. Okay, okay. How'd you get into this? So it's crazy. I spent a long time in digital health with companies like HealthGrades and eVariant where we helped health systems use all different data sources to identify people in their primary and secondary service area all right, all right. of the hospital system and then drive them in for a particular condition. So if a hospital was trying to increase their, say, total knee replacements, mm -hmm. we would identify the people most at risk based on data sets in their population and message them and have them come into the hospital. I imagine that your, um, your product would appeal to consumers, so I want to sort of know and own my patient picture, my data, but also for employers and payers. So kind of what's your go-to-market strategy? So our go-to-market strategy is three-prong, is we have payer, providers, and large employers. But those sales cycles are you know, 18 months to 24 months. Yeah, yeah. So we're working them, but uh, we also have to have some more immediate traction. So we've added in smaller employers, as well as clinics and direct primary care physicians as well to use with their patients. Okay. So we can get some early traction. Is this more of like an API model or like a full, full service platform situation? Yeah, so we're a full service platform, but we're just getting ready to launch um, late November, early December, our API Health Hub. Nice. And the point there is, so we have the individual at the center 
and then we have AI that helps direct these people to their next best health action. But wouldn't it be cool if we could connect the really amazing point solutions like we have here at Health Today onto a platform so that people can now get access to the right component that they need at the right time? Yeah. When you're at a conference like Health, you, you feel like there's a lot of companies who are saying, we're going to take all your data in sort of a nebulous way. We take all the data and we deliver it to you so you can be healthy. It's sort of like, you know, vague sort of thing. Are you finding it to be a crowded market in terms of uh, differentiation and kind of explaining how you're, how you're unique in that field? I don't think it's very difficult because what we do different is we provide insights. Okay. We love Tell the fact that. that everybody's collecting data. Yeah. So then that way then we could build models on it and give people insights and actions okay. to do with the data and what the data is telling us. Talk to us. me about those insights. How are they delivered? What types of insights do you deliver? Yeah, so it's really tricky. So we've got a couple different AI-driven engines that sit on top of the data. The first one's a preventative engine. Okay. And so that would be identifying things like you might have depression later this week, all the way up to cancer several decades later. Okay. And you can imagine the tricky part is the messaging because people don't want to go on to a healthcare application and go, oh, gee, I want to find out if I'm going to be sick. Yeah. So our platform really messages people in a very kind and gentle way, but first ask even if they want to know. Okay. And then if they want to know, then we can help them understand you know, at what level it is that we've been able to identify an issue and then send them to the right place to seek additional information or care. Okay, so that's the value for the, for the patient. What's in it for, the, for an employer? Yeah, perfect, I'm glad you asked. It's really, uh, there's the, the ROI and the VOI. The ROI is the hard metrics of okay. reducing the medical loss ratio, reducing their overall cost they're spending on employee health, but really the VOI is what most important to most employers, and that's that value on investment, so employees are showing up at work, they're more present at work, okay. they're able to get their job done, less unplanned leave, things like that. I know you're relatively early in your journey. What's it going to look like to validate some of those measures, ROI, VOI? Yeah, so we've got 10 customers right now, and they're really awesome in the fact that they're stacking hands with us to measure the outcomes of what the platform's doing. Okay. So we've got a couple customers that our goal is to just reduce that overall cost. And if we can reduce it by 1%, it's a big win. Yeah. And then if we can reduce unplanned leave by like 5%, huge win. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm guessing partnerships are a huge piece of what your growth looks like. So if there's one message that a potential partner watching this would hear, what would you want to tell them? That you know, we're a platform that if you're additive and you can you know, not only just uh, send us data, but also take data from us so we can make a more personalized journey, yeah. we'd love to talk to you. The other thing is um, we're backed by some really amazing angels and okay. they want us to look for some of these point solutions that might be struggling or running out of capital. They did oh, a big raise in 20 or 21 okay. and uh, might need a partner to keep floating. So, you know, we'd love to talk to those folks too. So you may be looking for um, M&A or? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, so uh, you are gathering the data, you're creating these insights, but there's other sorts of point solutions that you could be bringing into the fold. Exactly. Interesting, interesting. Well. We'll make sure that message gets out. Chris, Fantastic. love getting these updates from you. I Appreciate hope it's it. an awesome end of 2023 as you figure out this API model and I think you're going to bring a lot of help to folks. Cool, thanks Logan, appreciate thanks, it. Chris. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.